Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Well, here we are in the second week of Advent, and in case you didn't know, I found that more and more people aren't aware of this, just so you know that uh, on the Basil the Great website, basilthegreat.org, um, we have different podcasts up. Tommy Dome, the Director of Evangelization, him and I did a little conversation about Advent. So it's about 25 minutes. You listen to it from work or cleaning the house or maybe some people saying they listen to it when they go for walks at night, like a workout. So I don't know that we're that energetic, but nonetheless, uh, there's podcasts. And every week, my homily is up there. So I think it's important that you hear your new pastor, what he's trying to preach and share and what I hear the Lord doing. And so it's up there. So you can listen to my homilies every week, whether you want to or not, it's up to you, I guess. But just so you know, on my end of it, it's offered, right? But last week I talked about Advent uh, moves us from the school of culture into the school of the church. And the school of culture is marked with efficiency. And the school of the church in Advent is marked with waiting. And I talked about how radically different those are. And it went through different technologies and inventions over the years that are all about our obsession, obsession with efficiency and how Advent makes us just simply wait on the promises of God. And then in that waiting time, a lot is stripped away. Namely, the false notion that we are big and all-knowing and we can figure anything out if we just try harder or work more. We can solve everything. And in this waiting time, that's taken away. And what's left is the truth that every one of us is really, really little. That to be human means to be fundamentally in a posture of trust, waiting on the goodness and love of our Heavenly Father to provide everything. And this is the truth that is going to be revealed as we wait. But it's really, really hard. But it's also really, really freeing and joyful because God is that alive and he's that present. So if that was the first week entering into Advent, what is this week all about? Well, this week raises the question, where are we meant to wait? Where do we do the waiting? And we notice that the waiting takes place in the desert. Now, for you and I, I mean, we're in Brecksville, Ohio. It's not like we can just go see a desert to really get the imagery down. But there's an existential desert that the scriptures are trying to get us in touch with. And I want to use three quick examples to kind of help you see the imagery of what deserts look like in your life and in mine, so that we can know where we're meant to wait. First one is my own life. I find often people reach out to a priest for help when they have rather intense needs or pain. And oftentimes I'll just say, yeah, here's a date and time, let's meet. And what I've noticed is more and more I'm feeling how poverty-stricken I am in the face of a family that's been riddled with different kinds of abuses and needs help. An addiction with someone who's had an addiction for 20, 30 years. They turn to the priest because they know by God's grace I've been conformed to Jesus and I'm meant to be an instrument of the living God for them. But on my end of it, I just think 
I have no idea what I can do for you. And this poverty, this littleness, I can hide with all sorts of impressive quotes. I'll quote to you Thomas Aquinas and Augustine, what the Pope said. I'll even create really cool spiritual experiences for us. But oftentimes it's a way that I just want to hide and look big rather than simply present to you the vulnerability of my desert. That I don't have impressive flowers growing or plush greenery. I just have the panting, dry longing for God to show up and to do something powerful for you. My desert is simply my desire to bring you all the beauty of God's fatherhood. And at the same time realizing I'm not in control of when and how God shows up. Here's another desert. A good friend of mine, we'll call him Matt. All right? Matt calls me and asks for prayers one day. Matt's a married guy with four kids. And I said, what's going on, Matt? And he said, my wife wants me to spend time with her and the kids this whole weekend. And it's the very thing I'm bad at. I don't care about their games. And I don't want to hear about what we need to do in the house. And he says, so I'm angry and mad that my wife is drawing me into a place where I feel like a failure. Now the vulnerability is wildly commendable. But see, what he was feeling was, I have a desire to be skilled, competent, and excellent in everything I do. And my own bride is now drawing me into a place where I feel confused, helpless, incompetent, and weak. He was being drawn into his desert. And the only thing he had was, on the first level, was a scurrying away. And of course, he did that by telling her, I have important things to do. You know, I can't just provide by being hanging out all day. All of it was a show. Really, he was invited to just have an openness. God, I don't know how to be a dad. Would you come show me? It was in his desert. In a third desert, a woman I know whose child is dying from cancer. And she asks everyone she meets from like, the checkout people at Heinen's and Mark's to like the gas, ten, gas station attendant when she's buying windshield washer fluid. She's begging everyone to prayers. And it's so beautiful to know that prayer's a power. But behind it, she's just trying to do something to beat the cancer. And she can't do anything. She's poor. She's small. She's human. She's in her desert and faced with the reality of the needs of life. All she knows is this deep longing for a miraculous cure for her child. And yet there's nothing she can do to bring it about. She's not in control and she's tasting two truths. God is in control and we can't do anything but simply long, beg, and ask. She's daily in her desert. And now let's go back to the scriptures. What's happening in the desert in the gospel? This weirdo, John the Baptist, camel hair, which by the way is not soft, covering his body, a beard, locusts, which are bugs. So there's little bug legs and honey all over his beard. All right, and he's just crying out. 
Prepare the way of the Lord. And where is he saying that at? In your desert and in my desert. In the places that you and I feel poor and little. He's saying, prepare the way. How? By letting go of the frenetic energy to have to be big and competent and strong and smart and have all the answers and to be able to do things that are impressive. We can't. We're human. We're little bugs on the third planet from the sun in a gigantic solar system that God created. Yet we're his favorite bugs. And he loves us in the first reading as he says, tenderly. He's utterly committed to you with a father's zeal. But he draws us into our deserts to coax us away from this lie that we are self-sufficient and we can fix it on our own. So in the second week of Advent, you and I are thinking, can we just get to the comfort of the manger scene already? 2020 has been hard. But the church in her wisdom knows There ain't no comfort if we're busy hiding the bruises. The medicine can't touch the wound if we're busy saying we can be the doctor. And so John the Baptist and the scenery of desert gives you and I the challenge at the second week of Advent. Where are you pretending? Where are you trying so hard to seem like you got it all together? Could you maybe spend a little time with the Lord and say, I'm afraid and I need you. I have longings for a job and I can't seem to fulfill it. God, would you please help me? Jesus, I go to so many sins to feel strong, to escape feeling so dependent. Would you teach me that it's not just okay, but it's human and even holy to be full of longing and trust and above all god would you give us the grace to learn how to suffer and wait for you have showed us that you have beautiful things in store for us and as you said in the second reading you bring them to those who wait may we witness to a godless world what it looks like to believe in a loving God, that we can wait because we know our dad is coming. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.